Chapter Twenty Three of A Coin of Edward the Seventh. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Coin of Edward the Seventh by Fergus Hume. Chapter Twenty Three. Mark Dane. When Olga announced the name of her visitor, the princess rose to leave the room she explained that she did not think it was in keeping with the dignity of her position to meet every shady person who called and added that her daughter was not behaving in a way worthy of her name and princely family when she departed olga looked inquiringly at ware he swiftly interpreted her look i shall stop he said promptly i am only too anxious to help you olga came forward and took his hand and you forgive me she asked there is nothing to forgive he answered shaking it heartily let us seek for anne together i dare say dane will be able to tell us where she is i leave you to manage him the girl nodded and touched the bell shortly the maid showed in a slim young fellow of a somewhat effeminate type he was clean-shaven and wonderfully pale with large dark eyes and curly black hair worn rather long he was dressed in a grey suit and wore a red scarf tied loosely in a bow there was something foreign in his looks and dress at the first sight one would have taken him for an italian but when he spoke it was apparent that he was an englishman princess he said effusively when he entered then catching sight of giles in the background he stopped short with a scared look this is a friend of mine mark said olga coming forward he knows all that there is to be known oh and you promise not to say a word said dane reproachfully she shook her head i promise to save you from being arrested and i shall fulfil my promise why have you come here dane fumbled in his pocket your letter he said handing it to her olga took it glanced at it and finally passed it to air i did not write that letter she said quietly steele the detective sent it so as to bring you here he wishes to resume the conversation you left unfinished at bournemouth it's a trap cried dane violently and swung round to the door but there was no chance of escape in that direction he opened it to find steele standing without the detective stepped into the room and locked the door now he said we can have some conversation princess i apologize for having used your name unauthorized but it was the only way to bring this young man into my net into a net said dane letting fall his soft hat you intend to have me arrested his hand went round to the back of his waist in a moment steele had flung himself forward and after a short struggle disarmed him the knife that the detective had secured was an ugly-looking weapon you are more italian than the italians he said slipping the knife into his pocket but you are not a gentleman to frighten the lady i am not frightened said olga promptly but i am very tired i shall retire and leave you two gentlemen to deal with mark dane sprang forward and caught her dress he looked terrified do not leave me he entreated you know that i love you and that for your sake i have betrayed a man who has done much for me you promised to help me i shall do so she answered returning to her seat i shall see that you are not arrested and pardon me princess it may be necessary to mr steele this man shall not be arrested she said stamping her foot if i am cried dane resolutely i shall say nothing 
only to save myself will i speak ware addressed a few hurried words to the detective who nodded reluctantly it was giles who spoke i promise you that you shall not be put in jail dane he said but you must tell the truth if i do so i am in danger of my life then it is not gratitude that keeps you silent gratitude said dane flinging back his head what have i to be grateful for mr franklin you mean denham interposed olga quickly denham echoed steele that is the father of the governess no said giles anne's father is dead this man denham pretended to play the part and she has only lately been undeceived also mr steele you must know that there is no walter franklin the man at the priory is the scoundrel you know as wilson the head of the scarlet cross society and the murderer of miss kent not that last interposed dane while steele dropped into a seat transfixed with astonishment denham did not kill her he does not know who did he told me so he would tell you anything to save himself said olga no replied dane he tells me all his secrets at one time i should have died before i revealed them but denham has treated me cruelly i owe him no gratitude for years i slaved for him i did all that a man could do for his sake what reward have i got he has beaten me like a dog he has left me to starve he has delivered me up to those members of our society who hate me since he came in for this money wrongfully put in giles as you say sir wrongfully but since he became george franklin and a wealthy man he told me plainly that he washed his hands of me he gave me a small sum and sent me to america promising an annuity it was not paid i wrote i threatened he laughed at me so i have come back from america to punish him he turned to olga and continued vehemently do you think that i would have told you what i did princess had i not hated the man no not even for the love i bear you would i have done that you sent me to mr steele at bournemouth i knew that he was a detective and went prepared to tell all about denham's wickedness even although i incriminated myself but you did not do so said steele dryly you ran away and why because you mentioned that you suspected miss denham of a crime i held my tongue until i could see some chance of proving her innocence had i told you all i knew then you would have had her arrested and let her know the shame of the man her father he is not her father said olga again i know nothing about that replied dane sitting down he always said that he was her father and i had no reason to believe otherwise but i am glad to hear that he is not she is too good and pure to be the daughter of such a man i have known her for years she is an angel she nursed me through an illness i would do anything to prove my gratitude for her sake i held my hand from harming denham because i thought he was her father and you need do so no longer cried ware whose face was bright when he heard this praise of anne she is the daughter of george franklin of jamaica denham assumed the name to get the powell money then cried dane flinging wide his arms in a most dramatic manner all i know you shall know i turn king's evidence the best way to save your own skin said steele dryly 
you are an irishman are you not dane nodded born in new york said he humph murmured steele but so low that only giles heard him all the better you would betray your own mother if it suited you meanwhile olga was speaking to the man the first thing you have to confess she said is about miss denham where is she with mr morley giles uttered an exclamation what has he got to do with her i don't know he came up to town yesterday evening about nine or ten asked giles quickly he remembered his feeling of being watched at the liverpool street station yes assented dane he came up to see me he said that he had a message from miss denham from her father of course i thought then that denham was really her father i asked morley why he did not deliver the message himself for he knew that miss denham had come to town with the princess caraxay how the deuce did he know that wondered giles well you see sir mr morley was a detective at one time and he always finds out what he desires true enough put in steele joe bart is very clever he appears to have been extremely so in this case said giles dryly morley told me continued mark that miss denham knew he suspected her of the murder and she would not let him see her if she knew he had come to look her up that she would run away thinking he came to have her arrested he asked me to tell her to come to a rendezvous near the abbey without mentioning his name i thought this was reasonable enough and wrote a letter and i went with anne said olga where did you go when you left us i told her that morley had a message from her father she said nothing to me denying the relationship but she was afraid of morley i told her that he promised not to do her any harm she was still doubtful then morley appeared he had been close at hand and he explained that denham was very ill he wished to see miss denham and make reparation for his wickedness there was no time to be lost morley said and he asked her to come at once she hesitated for a time and then went with morley she told me to wait till the princess olga came back and tell her this why did you not because morley whispered that i was not to do so i went away in another direction then why do you tell now asked ware bluntly i wish to be revenged on denham said dane fiercely he treated me like a dog and he shall be bitten by me curse him olga walked to the door i shall go now she said seeing that dane was becoming excited and fearing a scene you can tell mr steele and mr ware everything mark when denham is caught and anne is free you shall come to vienna with me my father shall take you into his service and with this she held out her hand to him in a regal manner dane kissed it as though it had been the hand of a queen and when she was out of the room turned to the two men with a shining face i am ready to tell you everything he said and betray those who have done you a kindness murmured steele you would not be an irish american if you didn't i know the type quite unaware of this uncomplimentary speech dane glanced into a near mirror and ran his slim hand through his hair he cast such a complacent look at his reflection that giles could not forbear a smile the man was a compound of treachery courage and vanity he had some virtues and not a few vices and was one of those irresponsible creatures who develop into anarchists 
but that the scarlet cross society had attracted his talents in the direction of a kind of coast piracy he would without a doubt have been employed in blowing up kings or public buildings giles thought with a grim smile that if olga took this creature to austria prince Karaxi would have some work to keep him in order dane was not the man to settle to a dull respectable existence or to earn his bread without a little excitement a dangerous man and the more dangerous from his enormous vanity and utter want of moral principle having made steele promise not to arrest him nor to make any use of his revelations to endanger his own liberty dane cheerfully proceeded to betray those he had sworn secrecy to wicked as was the gang and evil as was the purpose of its formation giles could not help feeling a contempt for the traitor there should be honour amongst thieves thought ware but dane did not believe in the proverb and explained himself quite complacently i met denham as he usually called himself many years ago in italy at milan said dane he had a house there his daughter let us call miss anne his daughter although i am glad to hear she is not lived with him she was then about fifteen and was at school at a convent she and i got on very well i adored her for her beauty and kindness of heart i was starving for want of money as my remittances had not arrived from america denham took me in i made myself useful so there was no charity about the matter still he took you in suggested giles that was kind a kindness to himself retorted dane i tell you sir denham wanted what he called a secretary and what i called a tool he found such a one in me i don't deny that i did all his dirty work but i had some feeling of gratitude because he rescued me from starvation you contradict yourself dane no sir i do not replied the man with true irish obstinacy but i am not here to argue about my conduct but to tell you facts facts we wish to know said steele taking out his notebook and facts i tell cried dane vehemently then resumed in a calmer tone miss anne was all day at school denham never let her know what a devil he was he was always kind to her she thought him a good man then thinking she might get to know too much he sent her to a convent for education and removed to florence there he called himself george franklin he told me that he expected to get money by taking that name then he admitted that he was not george franklin said giles he never admitted anything at one time he would say that his real name was george franklin at another declare he was really alfred denham but he had so many names in the course of his career added dane with a shrug that one more or less did not matter besides he was such a liar that i never believed anything he said not even about the powell money oh yes i believe that he was always swearing at some girl who stood between him and the money he mentioned her name once i was with him in england at the time and set to work to find out i learned all about miss kent and her engagement to you mr ware and you know all about the powell money yes i got the truth out of denham at last but he never told miss anne nor did he ever mention miss kent's name in her presence nor did he ever say to me that miss anne was not his child i never thought for a moment she was franklin's daughter and for the matter of that added dane carelessly i did not know if he was really denham or franklin himself but miss anne knew nothing of all this asked giles absolutely nothing 
after she went to the milan convent denham would not let her come back to him again he was afraid lest she should learn what he was and wished to preserve her good opinion she went out as a governess and only rarely came home and how did denham earn his living oh he invented the scarlet cross society he bought a yacht and steamed to england from genoa for years we put in at different ports robbed houses and stowed the goods on board then we returned to italy and sold them a clever dodge murmured steele so that is why the goods were never traced that is why said dane with great coolness there was a jew who took a lot of what we brought he sold them in the east but it is too long a story to tell at present denham sometimes went to england and sometimes stopped in florence when he was away i stayed in his house as george franklin i see he wished to prove an alibi that's it said dane he intended to get that money sometime and wished that when inquiries were made about george franklin that it could be proved he was in florence all the time and then when powell did die denham knew as soon as possible he had a spy in australia and had a cablegram sent to him then he arranged a pretended death to get rid of miss anne he did not want her to come into his new life he treated her well however for he left her money and intended to give her an income when he got the money another man was buried in place of denham and he went to england where he reappeared as george franklin to claim the money as wilson you mean to kill the girl who stood between him and the fortune said steele raising his eyes dane shook his head i know nothing of that he said from the day denham left florence my association with him has severed i saw miss anne told her about the death of her father and then went to america denham did not pay me my annuity and i came back to be revenged i saw him but he denies having killed the girl he says he does not know who committed the murder i have been earning my bread as i best can waiting for revenge but you had only to threaten to make all this public to make denham give you what you wished no dane looked uneasy the fact is he and someone else have a hold over me i need not tell you what it is but i had to be silent but now that you speak he has still the hold yes but i intend to ruin myself in order to ruin him cried dane fiercely and rose to his feet well gentlemen that is all i can tell you at present i shall go to giles surprise steele made no objection you'll come and see me again he said opening the door for dane assuredly replied that young gentleman and departed giles looked amazed at this permission to depart being given by the detective i should have thought it would be to your interest to keep dane here he said he has not told us everything yet no replied steele closing his book with a snap there is one very interesting detail he has not told us but the next time we meet i'll get it out of him here he touched the book there is enough to go on with i'll go down to the priory and see the sick mr denham i'll come also and see anne said giles eagerly but dane he's all right i have a couple of men waiting outside he will be followed everywhere i'll be able to lay hands on him whenever i like also i wish to see where he goes he knows the various hiding-places of this gang and i want him to be tracked to one of them hm you don't believe his story not altogether he evidently hates denham with all the virulent hatred of a malicious character 
he's a devil that man dane i should not like to incur his enmity however we'll make use of him and then the princess can take him to vienna to make trouble there as he assuredly will what is the especial detail you want to learn i wish him to explain how he killed daisy kent he dane do you mean to say i mean to say that dane is the murderer said steele triumphantly that is the reason denham and this other person whoever he may be have a hold over him if he ruins denham he does so at the cost of being hanged end of chapter twenty three read by celine major